I am Barrington Brennan, counseling psychologist and marriage and family therapist, with your daily relationship nugget. This is broadcast four in a series where I am reading excerpts from a wonderful book entitled Boundaries in Dating, written by two Christian clinical psychologists and marriage and family therapists, Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. If you are a young adult or in your very late teens or in a serious relationship at any age, this book is for you. Because what I have read on the air or what I've read privately, I've discovered a lot of things. So I'm going to continue reading from page 40 under the caption, Deception About Other People. Let me begin. Sometimes people deceive each other about the nature of other people in their lives. They may act like someone is just a friend when there is more of a history or more in the present than is being said. I was working with a man who was trying to figure out his relationship with a woman he was dating, and he continued to have a funny feeling that something was wrong. It seemed that she was just a little too connected to her. He had no problem with her loving her job, but there was something strange about her relationship with her boss. He did not think she was dating him or having any kind of illicit thing going on with him, but he still got a funny feeling about her work and her connection with her boss. Finally, he found out that his girlfriend had once been engaged to her boss, and there was some sort of continuing tie between them. But, as far as he had known, it was strictly a work relationship. She had misled him. He felt horribly deceived, and from there the relationship went downhill. It did not falter because she worked with former boyfriend, but because she was not being clear about the nature of her former relationship with her boss. You see, listening friends, I'm still reading, but I'm pausing here. They don't hide things like this. I'm reading now. He could sense some sort of tie that she was not owning up to, so to speak. Later, when some other issues came up where she had not been clear to him, the relationship died. If she had not been deceptive about the former boyfriend, the later issues would not have been a big deal. But once a pattern of deception is begun, trust is difficult to reestablish. Here's a footnote. She soon was back with the former boyfriend. I told my client I thought he was lucky to have escaped her. <laughs> so she went back to him. Let me continue reading under the caption, Deception About Who You Are. In a chapter about honesty, it is really important to remember that you will have a good relationship to the degree that you are able to be clear and honest about everything. If you like a certain kind of music... Church, movie, or activity, say so. If you don't want to go to a certain kind of event or outing, say so. That does not mean that you cannot die to your own wishes to please someone else. But it does mean that you are not afraid to be yourself. In addition, compliant people have a habit of attracting controlling, self-centered people anyway. Be kind. Have some differences and enjoy the trip. 
I just love what Townsend and Cloud is saying here. You see, I'm hoping you're getting. This is why I'm reading these uh, excerpts from the book, Boundaries in Dating, because they're so real. Let me go on to the next part of the chapter, Deception About Facts. There are people who tell lies about feelings, relationships, or personal preferences, but not about reality itself. Be careful of the following factual lies. 1. Lying about whereabouts. Next point, lying about finances. Then, lying about substance abuse. Then, lying about seeing or being with someone else. Then, lying about the past. Then, lying about achievements, and so forth. When you catch the person you are dating in any kind of lie, see that as a character issue that you should take as a very solemn warning. Lying about reality places your relationship on a very shaky foundation. And that is so important. I just love when Townsend and Cloud makes it so clear and so easy to read and understand. So I'm encouraging you to read the book Boundaries and Dating by Townsend and Cloud. You might be able to download it free or pay for the low cost from Amazon.com. And uh, let me read a few lines from chapter 3. Take God on a date. <laughs> That's a good chapter. Dr. Townsend was watching a Christian television show a few years ago. The host was interviewing a world-renowned musician who, whose career had not been identified with religion, only with his great talent. The host said how glad he was that the artist was a Christian and asked him to tell the TV audience how he came to faith. The musician said, Well, I always knew there was somebody up there. Fantastic, applauded the host. What a great testimony to the saving power of Jesus. I thought, could you be reading in those words what you want to hear? I was not questioning the artist's faith. That's between God and him. I was questioning how the host interpreted his statement. It seemed that he so much wanted the musician to clearly be a Christian that whatever he said would have been fantastic. This sort of thinking is also common in the dating arena. You get connected to someone you are really drawn to, and you hope against God that God is a part of his life and of the life in the relationship. And sometimes your hope bends the reality to the situation. Though the sort of attitude has been its problem, there is also a lot of good in it. It is a very good thing to want the person you are close to to also be close to God. It is good to want a spiritually based relationship. Your relationship with God is the deepest, most profound, and most important part of your soul. If relationship is about connecting all of ourselves to another, then the spiritual aspects is inconceivably significant. So, we all yearn for a person that we can be one with, all the way down to the core self where God resides also. In fact, God designed our need to connect. Jesus prayed that we would be one and the same, that he and the Father are one. John 17:11 Ultimately that is the final purpose of the dating quest though many experiences conversations and questions and through all of that we settle in on one person who loves God and as we do 
one who can help us grow even closer to Him. If we don't feel some sort of conflict or lose because of our date itself on the same spiritual wavelength, there is a problem in our own religious life. Something is broken. At the same time, many of us have had the same problem as the host in the TV show. We desire God, and we desire a person, and we sometimes don't know if the desires are working together or not. It is difficult to know how to navigate through the spiritual dimension of dating. So many questions arise, such as, Is this the person God meant for me? Or, Are we spiritually compatible? Or, How do I bring God into the relationship the right way? And, How do we relate spiritually? And, What if we disagree spiritually? And then finally, Am I in denial about the spiritual conflicts we might have? Through this entire book, although this entire book is about a biblical view of boundaries and dating, this chapter, Dr. Cloud is saying, deals in particular with these and other explicit spiritual issues. As you address the issues here, you will be equipped to set boundaries which will deepen the spiritual part of your dating. This has been your Daily Relationship Nugget. I am Barrington Brennan, keeping a smile on your heart.